And one of the questions was, what self-beliefs are holding you back? And Dustin, I'm going to read you some of these. This is astounding. Um, doubts about my future, fear of failing, lack of self-belief in myself, that I'm not good enough, all my hard work will lead to nothing, self-doubt, my beliefs that I'm not good enough, I'm afraid to fail, I can't be myself, I'm not good enough, nobody cares about me, I don't have enough money, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, self-doubt, I can't do it. 88 out of the 100, just over 100 people that took this survey, 88 answered in that type of, I just read you some, right? Just self-doubt. Um, and that's crazy, right? These are kids that are going to be seniors in high school next year. They're scared to death. They're they're afraid of failing. They don't believe that, that they're good enough or, or ready enough. Welcome to episode 31. All right, you're at episode 31. Uh, Good number. Colored glasses. And 31 episodes in, you're the first one that we're actually doing like a recorded recorded episode with. So that's awesome. Um, like it. Anyway, we're going to start out by reading a review for, for our agency. We had Kelsey M. who left us a review. Said, I highly recommend Warren Amount's agency to everybody. They made the process easy and understandable for my first time purchasing a home. We look forward to working with them again in the future for all of our insurance needs. Kelsey M, thank you for the review. And guys, if you're watching the reviews that that you that you leave for our agency, they matter. I know it seems like it's not a big deal. Every single review, we appreciate it. You know, on Google, Facebook, all that. So keep leaving those. We appreciate those. And um, we're going to introduce you now to our our guest. I'm super super excited to have our guest today on. I've known him. Not really in person, but known him for a long time now that we've um, been watching the Chiefs and the Bills go at it with, <laughs> in the AFC. We've kind of had some professional connections over the years, and we've talked a lot. Um, this is our first time actually talking really face-to-face, -face, even even on here. So, Is that um, right? Scott, Scott Grace. Scott yeah. Grace is our guest today. I felt like we Zoomed before. Maybe not. But yeah. Yes, we. you know what? We have. We have. I think we have done it <laughs> one time. You're right. <laughs> But we uh, we either way, about, we were awesome to be books. here and, uh, you know, congratulations to you and to Jake and, and obviously your wives who are the brains behind everything. I know because that's how it works in my family too. Um, for what you're doing, you know, you guys are, are kicking some butt, love the, uh, the multifaceted approach and, and this platform. So excited to share a little time with you guys. Yeah, man, we're, we're excited for that you're here. Thanks for being on. And we've got a lot, we've got a lot to get to. There is a lot that just kind of just to kind of introduce you on what you do there's several things that you do um first of all you're a state farm agent then you've been a state farm agent for 13 13 years yeah okay so state farm agent um i obviously we we kind of met or crossed paths in the consulting and coaching of agents world that's yeah. how we first started yeah. talking to each other um and then also you you're, you've written some books now too, right? So yeah, so lots of stuff going on. And guys, just from everything that I know about Scott, which is really what people say about him, the interactions that we've had in our conversations, um, just a very, very genuine person. He helps a lot of people. He does a lot of different, a lot of different things to make himself successful. He's never, never stopping. He's always thinking of something, you know, new to do. Um, so he fits right in line with a lot of the things that a lot of the people we bring on here, a lot of the things that we like to highlight. And so we're excited to, I'm excited for you guys to hear about him and for him to tell you um, kind of everything he's got going on. So Scott, first off, man, um, insurance wise, let's talk just a little bit of insurance yep. wise to start. Okay. Yep. So state farm agency, you've been doing that for 13 years. What is, you know, we, we talk about on the captive side, everything that we do on, on our podcast, the way that we talk about insurance rates, the things that we offer people as a state farm agent, and obviously state farm is a great, great, great company. What has been your favorite thing in your 13 years of, of what you've been able to do as an agent for, for people in that world? Yeah. My uh, favorite thing is, is the, uh, the community, you know, truly, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit unique. I was in the, actually in the mortgage world in 2008 when the financial crisis hit and uh, the company I was with got rid of uh, six and a half thousand jobs on a Monday. I was one of them. 
and uh through just a dinner with a friend a really good friend of mine and uh and his wife who was a team member at a nationwide office you know we got talking over dinner and a couple drinks and she's like hey we should open our own insurance agency and i'm like you know haha he he and then afterwards i was like you know probably not the worst idea. Um, I had been in sales my whole career. And the thing that drove me crazy about sales was the month to month grind. You know, I, I had a, a lot of success, but it was, you know, July 31st, you, you win all the awards, you get the commission, ring the bell, you're a hero. And then August 1st, you're a piece of crap again. <laughs> and it was that grind month to month that was, uh, was slowly killing me as a salesperson. And so what I really loved about the uh, the insurance concept was it's residual right if i can make one sale and keep that family happy and keep delivering a high level of value uh strengthen that relationship go wider dig deeper and and they stay with me for 30 years i can get paid over a hundred times on that one household uh and so i started recruiting insurance companies i i called uh, uh pretty much all of them and looked into the independent side i was uh obviously 14 years younger we were just starting our family and we were uh, dead broke i also had no job so <laughs> so it was uh, the captive model just worked for me out of the gate because instead of paying a lot of money up front i could trade with with blood sweat and tears and so that's a long lead in to the question that you asked which is what do i enjoy the most i actually created my own opportunity in my hometown there was no agency here and when I went to the farm and said, hey, you know, I, I want to work with you guys, but I want to work in my town. And they're like, we don't have an opportunity there. I'm like, let's make one. Right. And they're like, well, build the business plan. And so I did. And so they actually took my business plan, and created an opportunity, which I then had to apply for, which was funny uh, because a good buddy of mine, I'm like, dude, what if I have to interview against someone that I don't get this opportunity that I created? And he laughed and and said uh scott nobody wants to be an agent in your town we're a <laughs> tiny little town we've got three stoplights we've got more cows than cars which we can't ensure but uh but yeah man so it, it's been a cool you know started with zero uh over the past 13 years all organic growth we're, we're just around ten thousand policies now um and it's just been awesome to be doing it in my hometown uh building the the community of customers giving back to the community uh, i ran 13 years worth of taxes not too long ago and and we came up with uh, uh close to two hundred thousand dollars that we've given back plus our time uh, so that's been the most gratifying part for for me dude that's awesome like and, and i think that when people talk about when when first of all the insurance piece of things like insurance is not the most fun thing in the world to talk about, right? It's not like you wake up, right? <laughs> and and you're 100 percent right. It is like the, the business, the business model, and the, the ability that we have over time to to do, you know, to build something great for our family that's residual and all that is phenomenal. But the piece that, that you're talking about with the community and the way that you can help one family for that long, you know, for that that length of time, um, and not only that, but when you do a great job with with that family and the people that, hey, that they know and the people that, you know, they're somebody that, that has a problem because we're problem solvers, right? We're, we're figuring mm -hmm. out how to make people's lives better. Um, so it is, it is, although it's not the most fun thing in the world, it is very gratifying, really, in a lot of ways to yeah. be able to help as many people as we do. So that's awesome. Yeah, you know, so what I say about insurance for all the agents listening, right? And this is how I talk to my customers. I'm like, you know, nobody wants to talk about insurance until they need to talk about insurance. And when you need to talk about insurance, now you want very specific answers from your insurance agent. Uh, and you're not gonna be able to get those unless you have that conversation up front. So, you know, it's a necessity, um, you know, that that um, we have not only the initial conversation, but then we have at least once a year, you know, we're constantly working this morning, actually we're recording this on a Monday. So every Monday morning, the first thing I do is I, I pull up my policies build previous week report, everyone that got a renewal uh, from us last week, we're calling to schedule those reviews because insurance is not set it and forget it. Uh, and this is a contact sport and for us to deliver the value that we promise up front, you know, we have to constantly 
you know, be in front of our customers, uh, you know, just reminding them that these conversations are super important because the last time I want to have the first conversation about, you know, your coverage is at claim time. And it's funny because everyone on the front end wants to talk about price, 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 price. And I get it, right? I, I totally get it, right? I'm on a budget in my life too. But when there's that claim and you know this, you know, nobody wants to talk about price. Now it's coverage. Now it's Scott, what are you going to do for me? What what am I getting, right? And, and so I want to give you the answer you want during that stressful time. And in order to do that, we got to make sure we have this conversation before something happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, one of the things I love that you just said is, you know, your, your renewals from the week before you're calling, you're you're touching base with all those people. And I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of insurance agents that, that do set it and forget it, to be honest with you, that yeah. once they're in the door, once they're in the door, um, you know, unless there's a problem where the customer's reaching out to them, they're not really making that contact. And I think it's really easy to stand, stand out in our industry to be honest, uh, yeah. because there's a lot of people who are not doing those things. So, yeah. I, and honestly, man, this kind of leads me into the next thing, because so much of what kind of drew me to you was, uh, you know, whenever I was calling people, right, whenever I was calling agents to, you know, do the, the training program that at the time that sure. I was selling, right? Um, it seemed like every agent that I talked to that was getting coached by you that was on your program they all had the same things to say about you. And I had no clue who you were at the time. I just knew your name. I had seen, you know, posts, I'd seen your program, all that. And um, it's, I, I think when the Bills and the Chiefs were starting to kind of have their first few few rivalries games, Bill Sampson, the, the guy out <laughs> in California, you yeah. guys were kind of buddies on there. And I just chimed in on just, I don't know, just kind of BSing. Might have had a couple of drinks one night. I don't know what it was. But anyway, <laughs> we just kind of all started talking. And um, I guess my point is the impact that you have on people is is phenomenal. And everybody said the same thing about you was how much they respected you, how much the um, value you provided um, to their agency and to what you were doing. And so that drew me to want to learn more about what you were doing as well. And so that's kind of what I want to get into now is the coaching, the coaching piece of things. Um, Cause you've been an agent for 13 years. Obviously you were in sales before that. Mm -hmm. how, how long, what led you down the coaching path and where kind of, what are you doing with that now? Or what's, what's going on with that? Yeah. Uh, good question. <clears throat> One, I'm not sure I have an answer for, but uh, <laughs> here's, the way it started was, uh, you know, I, age has never bothered me until I turned 40. And that was five years ago, by the way. So, so when I turned 40, Maybe it's because we do life insurance. I'm yeah. like, statistically speaking, I'm kind of on you know on the back nine now, and everything was was cooking at the agency. I'm I'm just huge on systems and processes, uh, empowering, trusting my team. You know, obviously, you have to have the right people in the seat, but uh, but we were cooking, and frankly, the agency didn't need me. You know, and I maybe 10, 12 hours a week, right? I mean, very, I'm very strategic and intentional about the way I coach my own team. Um, they're very efficient. I'm, I'm checking in with certain, you know, reports and, and things each day, but it, it's you know, maybe 10 hours a week that, that the agency needs me. And so at the age of 40, I started looking around and I'm like, man, is this it? Like, is this, you know, I've got 20 something years left. Like, and, and I don't want to use the word bored, but I knew there was more. And, and, you know, again, I'm in a small town, we run very efficiently, I've got six team members. Um, and I, and I, I'm only going to get so big. And I'm like, well, you know, instead of just working with my six team members, you know, why don't I work with other agents, team members and show them the same systems, processes, mindsets, things that that we're doing that that we can coach them. Uh, and I was anti people charging, right? I was the agent that was like, nah, man, everyone helped me in the beginning and no one took money from me. And I'm going to help everyone that I can. I'm not going to take a dime. And that's how I started. You know, I, I started pre COVID going, you know, to all these hotel conference rooms and holding meetings. And so not only was I not charging, I was actually losing money because the, the cost of travel and, and then obviously yeah. opportunity cost at my own agency. Um, and, and so this went on for a couple of years and, uh, and I would hold conference calls and take one-on-one -on -one calls and I was just, Hey, I'm going to help everyone I can just deliver value. 
And then where everything kind of changed is when, you know, in social media, good, right, wrong, or indifferent, but you, you start seeing trends on social and people that I was, was working with. So if I had a conversation with you, Dustin, and then a month later, I circle back around and I say, hey, you know, what did you take action on? You know, what did you implement? What are the results? How can I, I help you? And like, oh, well, you know, we haven't, we haven't done that yet. Or, you know, cause you know, this from being in the space that when you're coaching, you get a lot of head nods, you get a lot of like people fired up that everyone's going to take on the world. And then they get back to their agency and almost nothing happens right? because the, the, everything else gets in the way. And so what I was seeing is, is people weren't taking action on what they were learning. Uh, and then what drove me really bonkers is then I'd see them posting pictures at like a $1,500 uh, seminar, you know, or, or, or hyping up some program that they jumped into. And I'm like, man, like, I, I just gave you all of that for free and you didn't do anything with it. And now you're spending 1500 bucks. And so a buddy of mine, a kind of mentor agent got in my ear and he's like, dude, anything free has no value. He's like, people have to have skin in the game. He goes, plus you're, you're burning yourself out. You're driving yourself crazy. And so, so that's kind of when the, the website launched um, and we started doing monthly membership fees and, and I don't do contracts or commitments. Cause I just believe that, you know, if, if I can give you 10 X value, then you'll stick with it. And if I'm not, then you shouldn't be paying me. Um, so we keep it pretty loose uh, with the month to month memberships. And, and the goal is to deliver that that 10x value at whatever level they're at. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I, I think, yeah, the skin in the game piece is is very true. And I think, um, I think that's important because anything, I mean, I honestly don't even have anything to follow up on that. If, if people aren't paying, people aren't paying for something, they don't feel like it's they don't yeah. feel like it's 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 a it's a mental thing. I don't I don't know what it is about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this is good for insurance too. People love to buy, but they don't want to be sold, right? And so people love buying, and and you see this in in the coaching space with insurance agents. They're always jumping to the next shiny object. You know, who puts a post on Facebook that oh I wrote you know a hundred extra policies because I did this, and everyone wants to know you know what that is and. Yeah. At the end of the day, we do like six things, <laughs> all of us, right? Now, you know, I compare it to like Baskin Robbins where, you know, ice cream's ice cream, right? Insurance is insurance, but there's 90 something different flavors or whatever it is. And uh, we all have our own flavor. We all have our own spin, but at its core, yeah, we're, we're talking to people. We're, we're asking what they have going on in their life, what's going on with their coverage. If we can take a look, right? We give suggestions. We, we follow up. We ask for introductions to friends and family. We, you know, we do these needs analysis and, and, you know, it's just, that's it just over and over and over and over again. And, and so, yeah, I guess more than anything, I compare it to a GPS and, and, you know, with, with, and I know you're big in, into investments, if uh, if you sit down with someone with an investment plan, all right, you are here today. This is your target date for retirement, your goal, right? And then your role as their advisor becomes, I'm the GPS. So now put yourself in a car, you put in where your, your destination is, and it says, take a left and you take a right. Yeah. What's the GPS going to do? It's going to recalculate, it's going to reroute, and it's going to say, hey, this is how we're going to get you back on track. That's you as the advisor, right? That That's you saying, hey, you took a right here. You probably should have went left. Let's show you how to get back on. So you just keep them to where they want to go. Same in the coaching space, right? That we figure out what their goals are, uh, what's realistic. And then, you know, they're going to want to quit on things. Oh, I, I tried that. I, I hate those words, right? I tried that, right? Well, how many times? <laughs> I tried it once. It's not going to work once, you know? And, and so I'm here to just guide them, keep them, on track to where they want to go, uh, obviously, uh, with with their goals in mind. And really, it's it's no different with customers, right? We find out what their goals are, what's important to them. And then we just guide them, right, to, through the conversation and, and offer different solutions along the way. I tell everyone that we've, we've never sold a policy. You know, if you, if you have to sell someone on a policy, you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. We just educate people on, on how it works when you need it most. And then, you know, ask it, we give a couple scenarios of, of what certain claims have looked like with each coverage. And we say, hey, Dustin, what if you were ever in that situation, right, how would you want me to handle that as your insurance agent? And then based on your answer, now I can put together the perfect coverage for you and your family. Um, that's not sales. You know, some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? Right. And, and we just keep that conversation going. 
and when they're they're ready you know to to make a move if ever that you know we're, we're there but we just keep having those conversations what do you think what do you think like the, if you had named like the top three things you said you said you know at the end of the day we only do like six things right which is 100 yeah. true if you had if you just if you were telling a team right now the top three things on a daily basis that you need to do, what would those top three things? Be? Yeah. You got to start the conversation. Um, so as much as we all hate prospecting, uh, you, you've got a prospect, right. And, and we think when I say prospecting, you're probably thinking like cold calls and a lot of, you know, just all these outbound calls we've shifted our focus at my agency to, to prospecting is really um, working with our current customers and asking for an introduction to one person. You know, we're trying to build this agency around great people like you, Dustin. You know, obviously, great people hang out with great people. If you know just one person who's as awesome as you are, would you be comfortable right. introducing me to them? Um, so, so that's prospecting, right? So I'm going to ask for that introduction. Um, and then centers of influence are huge. And this isn't quick and easy. And this is why people kind of bail on this one. But, you know, we get probably 30, 40 referrals a month from mortgage brokers, from realtors, from car dealers, um, you know, that that's just, it, it, it's so much easier to have the phone ring in than it is out. Oh, yeah. And actually, Elaine in my office, we call her the rainmaker. Uh, her job is to go out and just create relationships and, and dialogue uh, with all these centers of influence, stay in front of them. Um, you know, we'll buy them breakfast or we'll bring them pizza for lunch or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, so, so that's a, a huge piece of it too. So the, the centers of influence, the referrals, the reviews, um, and then obviously the follow-ups, right? So quoted, not written type stuff. Um, but so that would be number one is you got a prospect. Number two is, uh, I think too many, uh, team members get nervous about objections. Uh, you know, objections, we all do it, right? If you walk onto a car lot, what are you doing? You're just looking. If you walk into a furniture store, what are you doing? you're just looking. We all do that. I'm not walking onto a car lot unless I'm in the market for a car. I don't have that much time, right? So okay. anywhere I am, I'm <laughs> I'm a potential buyer, but I'm not ready to show my hand yet. And so, you know, we won't get into it here, but just being able to work through, be ready. It's just a game of tennis, right? Yeah. They're just looking. Now I'm going to hit it back to them, and then they're going to give me a response, and we're just creating conversation. But the more we can figure out what the actual need behind the need is, right? Because it's not that surface objection, the better off we are. And then the last thing is, uh, is the follow-up. You know, we're in a, specifically in insurance, we're, we're in a low conversion rate, right? Three out of 10, it's almost like baseball, the hall of fame numbers being close three out of 10. So I don't care so much about the three out of 10 you close because we work the core four, right? And in, in our mind, and I know you'll probably give me a different uh, from your side, but we talk about, hey, we're the best company. We're the best local agent. Uh, we're going to give you the best coverage and we're going to do it at a price that fits your budget. And if we can check all those boxes, there's no reason they wouldn't come with us, right? And so those three out of 10 are almost the easy ones. I care about the seven out of 10 that we have to follow up with in the future. So Initial conversation, work through objections, follow up would be my three. Absolutely. No, those are and over yeah. and over. <laughs> those are awesome. No, those are awesome. I mean, what do you think? And I, I, I do want to kind of add on to that a little bit, but yeah. one, one more thing, one more thing I want to ask you from a, you know, you said your team, your team was just cooking, right? When you started getting into the coaching piece of things, what have you done from as, as like a leadership standpoint, like have you ever had issues with accountability or, or feeling like, Hey, here, here's what I have to do as a leader to make sure that, you know, my team knows what they're doing. Here's where I'm holding them accountable. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not micromanaging them. I'm not over, I'm not just constantly breathing down their neck on things. Where, where's your balance fit with that? And what, what advice would you give other leaders or other business owners, you know, when on, on that, on running a team, on running an organization? Yep. Yeah, I love this question. And this is really the the bread and butter, right? This is the meat of, of how we do what we do and how I have the work-life balance I have. Big mindset shift. So if, if you and Amanda go down to Florida for a week, right, and you rent a car, um, what are the chances that you're going to accelerate a little faster, take turns a little harder, brake a little harder, you know, versus if you were in your own car? And and before you turn that in, are you going to wash it? Are you going to vacuum it, right? You're not because it's a rental car. And so I, I get people in that mindset that when you rent something, you treat it different than when you own it, 
when it's yours. And so every single team member of mine really has the same title. And this is right from day one that we have these conversations that you're CEO of your desk. And I've only got six desks at my agency. So one sixth is a pretty heavy weight, right? I mean, it, it, you're super important to this operation. I don't care, you know, if it's their first day or their 13th year and what their role is and what their pay is, that desk has to be profitable in order for the overall agency health to be strong. And so what we do is every team member creates their own business plan. No different than we have a, a business plan as an agency. Uh, so we meet as a team. I show them the goals. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but we also do a 12-week year. So the Brian Moran book, 12-week year, we, we run off of that. Um, and so March 23rd, the 24th is a Friday. So that's the end of our our first year, right? And so we then we're going to plan and we're going to write our own business plans for the next 12 weeks. So we never look further out than 12 weeks. Um, and, and so they create that plan. And, and they do it on their own. And I don't want pie in the sky, dream circle stuff. I want gun to head, right? It, come hell or high water. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to contribute. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I need as far as marketing. This is what I need as far as any, you know, dollars or, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and so they create the plan. We sit down individually, go over it. They present it to me, nothing formal. Um, I give it my blessing. And now what I do for the next 12 weeks is I just act as their coach, their cheerleader, their shrink if they need it, right? And, and so now the big difference is it's not Scott telling them what to do. It's Scott looking at what they said was important for them. And we get right down to what they're going to earn and what they're going to buy, you know, with, with their, their bonus money. So, it, you know, it kind of becomes something to play for. Um, and so now I step in. And we reverse engineer. So 12 weeks becomes, all right, what does each week look like? And then we reverse engineer to what does a winning day look like? So, you know, today, you know, we're recording this on, on Monday, March, what is it, 6th? So it, it's all we care about are the one, two, or three things that are most essential for that team member to, before they leave at five o'clock today, to, to win right to to hit certain metrics that they set for themselves based on their weekly plan which is inside of their 12 week plan uh every day we get a report as a team we all see it we're all copied on it this is what amy said she was going to do these were amy's results these are how many days in a row amy's won because we want to create momentum right consecutive winning mm -hmm. days and for me specifically all right i want to know if you miss something no big deal, because we're all about, I want you to fail, right? As long as we fail yeah. forward. If you're not failing, it means you're not trying. Uh, you're just becoming complacent. And so what were the struggles? What were the obstacles? What prevented you from hitting that mark in that particular area? And now in five minutes a day, I can have a conversation with each team member and say, hey, you know, this is what went well. High fives there. These were your struggles. Let's talk about that, right? So I'm very strategic and intentional with my coaching. Five minutes a day per team member but it's all their numbers. They take ownership of it. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, they rather get it done than tell me why they didn't. <laughs> and Absolutely. so, you know, it, it's, we overthink accountability. You know, if we're, if I'm going to put you on a plan to lose weight, I'm not a, a fitness guy. I know you are. I'm not a, a dietitian, right? But here's my plan for you, Dustin. I'm presuming, I'm assuming that you you brush your teeth every morning. So when you get done brushing your teeth in the morning, the very next thing I want you to do is jump on the scale. And whatever that number is, I want you to write it on the calendar, right? What your weight is and, and do that for 30 days. Brush your teeth, get on the scale, write it down. I don't need to give you a diet plan. I don't need to give you an exercise plan because throughout the day, you're going to act differently knowing that in the morning you got to jump on that scale and you you've got to own that number that pops yeah. up same thing with our agency right i don't tell them what to do i don't tell them what their goals are they know right and, and they know that every day before they leave they have to fill out this little survey that we have that magically compiles the numbers and then sends us a group email so it's the first thing they see in the morning and they know that, that they've got to own the results right and and so that's how we do accountability Gosh, damn! I love that. I love it. I love the plan. I love the plan. Um, 
the 12 week year i need to read that book i've never i never read that book great book 2020 brought that to life for me right we we were doing it um but you know we were we we had a bank back in the day and we were one of the the top bank producers in the company and in february of 2020 we got rid of bank i'm like well that sucks all right that was a major piece of my income and how we produced and then in March, obviously, COVID hit and the world shut down. And we were all about review appointments and getting butts and seats and meeting eyeball to eyeball to have these conversations. And then we were shut down, right? And so come March, my business plan for 2020 was, you know, throw it in the shredder. It made no sense. So what the 12-week year does is it just shrinks everything. And so <clears throat> there is bigger urgency. And then when we plan, we, we do a team outing, we celebrate the wins, right? And then we plan that week in between. And then when we kick off our next 12-week year, right, it, everything is, we don't have time to dilly-dally, right? we got 12 weeks to get this thing done. I change comp plans. I change bonuses. Everything changes every 12 weeks based on what we have done and what we need to get to in order to hit our year. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be a good one for our team uh, to review on this podcast. I know it's just us on here, but yeah. Uh, this, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Um, one of the things you said earlier, and I don't really want to talk about us, but it it made it kind of makes sense. We from the independent side, we try to take obviously the pros and the cons of the captive piece. And, 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 and especially with State Farm, and then the pros and the cons with what we do on the independent side, and we try to take the pros and put them all together, right? And we know that most people, when they think of a brokerage, they, they think for some reason people think of a broker as, hey, this is just a person that's going to shop the price, find the best deal for me, and then once I get that, that that's it, right? They don't think of us as, you know, the good neighbor, right? They don't think of us as your agent. Right. Not not always. Yeah. And so what we figured out and where I think the, the piece that's been the most successful for us is we are still <clears throat> we are still taking care of you just like a state farm agent would. Right. We are still offering you the same kind of service. We're still doing those reviews. We're still doing um, we are calling us when you think you might need to, to file a claim. We're educating you just like a really, really good captive agent should be doing or would be doing. And at the same time we know that there's a lot of different things and a lot of different avenues that we can provide on the independent side too. So I think for us taking what has worked for, you know, watching the thing, hearing how you, how you run your team and how you run your business and us trying to implement those kind of things in the way that we run our business with also taking the extra things that we can do, putting it all together. It's really, really helped um, on, on our side of things because I don't know when you're competing with, when you're competing or going up against, um, you know, the state farms of the world or the farmers or the American families. And you've got, you know, people who have been loyal to a, an agent for a long, long time. All the things that you're talking about doing, um, if you can provide those same type of things and you can provide those better than, than, you know, an agent maybe who's been doing it. Like I said earlier, there's guys that have been doing this for 30 years that maybe don't have, that they're not still doing the same things that you're talking about doing right now. Sure. Right. They're, they're just not doing those things. And so I think whenever you can stay hungry and stay focused on doing all the things that you're talking about, the consistency, having your team running and clicking on all cylinders and making sure that you're doing a great job from a leadership standpoint, um, it goes a long, long way. And you do a great job with that. So you've been somebody that's influenced, honestly, even though I don't know you well, you've been somebody who has influenced the way that we try to to do things and 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 run our business so i appreciate awesome. that and and i uh you know certainly get inspired i follow you guys on social and see all the cool things you're doing and uh you know there's been more than one moment where i'm like why, why aren't we doing that or we should you know do some version of that so the, it's a two-way street the other thing i'll say on the you know you try to find the pros is too often team members paint themselves in a corner with just auto or auto and fire. And I know you guys are very diverse with your approach. And so, you know, we start the conversation with customers around contact us for anything in the world, right? Uh, because even if it's something we can't do, we know, I know everybody, right, in this mm -hmm. town. And I don't say that from a just, you know, I, I grew up here and, and you know, we're three generations deep and, and, you know, I network with all the business owners. 
So, you know, if you need a landscaper, right, call me first, right? And then we'll get you hooked up with, with whomever. And I say that because from an insurance standpoint, we have what we call total protection conversations. So, you know, I'm not just concerned about your auto or your auto and home, right? I want to know all the potential gaps um, and, and be able to, to you know, uh, create a plan for you. And with that, there's plenty of times where what they have or what they need, I'm not the best option for. And, and I'll be the first to tell them that, right? Hey, you know, you might want to talk to this person or consider, you know, that person. Um, and, and so, you know, with that comes, I don't know if we have any competition. And I mean that sincerely in that as long as the customer is educated when they make the decision and they make the best decision for themselves, yeah, did we lose that? Not really. Yeah, we did the right thing for the, for the customer. And, and, you know, I tell people all the time, I live here, I work here, I shop at the same Walmart, right? I, I rather not have your business than have it the wrong way, right? If you're looking bottom of the barrel, cheapest cut coverage, like, that's just not me, you know, and, and I'm not judging you for that. But, you know, that's, that's not a conversation I want to have with you at claim time. And I don't want to, you know, dive into aisle seven, if you're in aisle eight, when I see you at the grocery store in the weekend, right, I want to be proud of, of what we've done for you. Absolutely. Um, even if it's not with us. So, you know, I think that Absolutely. that, that bigger focus for the teams really uh, helps and, and makes you uh, that trusted resource that they that they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, Spot on, spot on, spot on for sure. Um, let's shift gears. And we've mentioned at the beginning that you uh, have written some books. And I know you've got a new book coming out. It's it's scheduled for, was it for next Wednesday? Yeah, I don't know when this will release, but um, yeah, March 13th. So uh, if this is after March 13th, then it's already out uh, on Amazon. And it's uh, right above me there. So it's... Uh, yeah, the the I'll, I haven't really come up with a real simple one sentence explanation of this. I need to work on that. But but here's the deal. So I've got three kids. My oldest is uh, is a senior in high school, and when the class of 2022 graduated, it kind of hit me pretty hard that it's like, oh shoot, like now I've got a senior. Um, this is it, you know, yeah. and. Obviously, I do insurance, I do life insurance. And, you know, if something happens to me, and I don't come home, you know, tomorrow, everyone's going to be okay financially, right? The, the family will be totally fine financially. But there's a few things in this head that I would want my kids to know. And Tyler's my oldest, so starting with Ty specifically. And I said, geez, I, you know, I need to get some things on paper. So that if something happens to me beyond the money, they get some of my insight, some of my knowledge, some of my just, hey, there's things I messed up and just be aware of it. I didn't want to be preachy. I'm never preachy, but it, it's just just be aware of certain situations uh, and, and be prepared for them. And, and here are some thoughts. So, you know, with that, I, I woke up every morning and part of my morning routine is I write and uh, and I started just jotting down all these different things that I'd want Tyler to know. And after a few months, I had like 300 pages of notes and I'm like, oh, shoot, like I've got a I got a book here, you know, and it was cool because it wasn't just for Tyler. It was for all kids who are about to enter, you know, the real world, whatever phase they're in. Um, and so I had some trends going, some themes. And so there was a lot of F words, not the F words that uh, that we automatically think of. Right. But it became catchy. So there were nine different sections that all started with F. And in each section, there were four short chapters. Um, and each chapter ended with a crossroad. Like, hey, you're going to at some point in your life, you're going to come to this crossroad or you got to decide this or that. Right. Just be aware, be prepared. And then three bullet points kind of summarizing the chapter of, hey, here's three things you need to know before graduation. Uh, and so when it all the dust settled, I ended up with nine sections, 36 chapters, 117 things you need to know before graduation. Uh, and so it's the essential F words for teens, subtitle 117 things you need to know before graduation. Uh, and it uh, releases right before this graduation season. And, and the book is available on Amazon. Dude, that is awesome. And yeah, this this episode is actually going to air the day that this comes that your book is released. Oh, right? so, beautiful. All yeah, right. I, hop on. Grab a copy. We've got it. Yeah, we've got it <laughs> set up. We've got it set up for, yeah, I think the 15th, right? Is that what you said? March 15th. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah so no, that's awesome. And I think I, I didn't know that this came from things that you wanted your, you know, you're talking about 
passing away or leaving things that yeah. you don't know uh, or that you want your kids to know, right? And I think everybody's thought of that. Like now that I've got mine are nowhere near me and um, <laughs> seniors yet, but it's already yeah. flying by. I mean, it will. <laughs> got one that's getting ready to turn six years old, and I'm like man, it, it it is absolutely flying by. And I think you know you you see people that like make videos and they'll have those for their kids and stuff like that yep. and, and, and that they have of them and um the the idea behind what you're doing here like that's that's really really awesome and i think having something that you know their, their dad wrote all this down for them um that's going to be pretty pretty incredible so i'm excited to read it dude um yeah you know, I know it's going to be that. my uh my i kept it from everyone um i mean obviously my wife knew i was doing it but um i didn't want her to read it while it was a work in progress and so she just read it recently and she got done and that was her feedback she goes i think this will be better for the parents than it will the kids which makes sense because that's kind of where i come from and and so here's here's where the the, dot, the dots got connected for me and you know this through coaching other other adults so people in their 30s 40s 50s you know how often do we hear from them I'm just not confident enough. I'm not ready. Even with our own team members, right? It's mm -hmm. just, I need to learn more. I need to, you know, I need more confidence before I can jump into this. They lack self-confidence and they listen to that little voice in the back of their head that says, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not prepared enough. You're not worthy of, you know, more money or asking for the sale or whatever it might be that, that negative self-talk, that imposter syndrome. And it's kind of become my mission as I look at, you know, what's next? What, what's the second half of my life? What's my purpose? What's my passion? How can I help? And, and with all due respect to insurance agents, right? I, I love insurance agents and their teams. Um, you know, in many ways, it's almost too late for so many of them because they're just so set in their, their beliefs and, and they're not willing to try new things. And so I want to go to this generation that that's just starting out into the real world and teach them all the real world stuff, right? And develop those strong habits uh, that will carry them and talk about things that they're not getting in school and seeing things in the corporate world that it's like, hey, I can bring this down to a very simple lesson for a 17, 18 year old or, or a 20 year old. But the biggest thing you know, that really, and I, I printed this out, so I'll, I'll read you a couple of so, I said, well, I need to get my head around where these kids are, right? Because I can make assumptions, but I don't know what 16, 17, 18 year old kids are thinking and, and what they're they're up to. So my sister-in-law uh, teaches at, at a high school and she's got uh, juniors, right? So about 16 years old. Um, and so I sent in a survey for them to, to fill out online. And it was like six or seven questions, pretty basic stuff. And, you know, right around a hundred of them answered. And one of the questions was, what self-beliefs are holding you back? And Dustin, I'm going to read you some of these. This is astounding. Um, doubts about my future, fear of failing, lack of self-belief in myself, that I'm not good enough, all my hard work will lead to nothing, self-doubt, my beliefs that I'm not good enough, I'm afraid to fail, I can't be myself, I'm not good enough, nobody cares about me, I don't have enough money, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Self-doubt, I can't do it. 88 out of the 100, just over 100 people that took this survey, 88 answered in that type of, I just read you some, right? Just self-doubt. Um, and that's crazy, right? These are kids that are going to be seniors in high school next year. They're scared to death. They're they're afraid of failing. They don't believe that, that they're good enough or, or ready enough. Who's helping them? You know, who who's that voice for them? And so, you know, where the book is leading is we're starting a website called Tribe of Teens. Um, we're going to start a podcast. We're going to start a weekly newsletter to kind of, I know not everyone's in most, the number one thing I got is like, well, it's great that you wrote a book for teens, but teens don't read books. I'm like, all right, well, that's fair. Um, but, you know, the, the goal is to take one little excerpt, right? One little lesson from the book and each week just send out a, a newsletter um, so kind of like stealing James Clear's approach. He does the, the three, two, one weekly newsletter. Um, you know, we're just asking for people to go to the site, put their email in parents and, and, uh, teens, and then, uh, everything's going to be free, you know, back to free, but, um, you know, where we send out a newsletter and we let people know when the, the podcasts are coming out. 
And I want to, you know, talk to people that have gotten, you know, some some pretty awesome things done in their life and have them on as guests and ask them to talk to their 17-year-old self, right? Or paint a picture for for where they were as a 17-year-old because kids, and we do this as an adult too, but but kids they they have this, you know, we're talking about lenses, right? Yellow colored. I don't know what yellow colored glasses means, but we can talk about that. But they look through these glasses that well, Scott's got it all figured out right? I mean, he's writing books, he's he's coaching people, he's running multiple businesses. 17-year-old Scott was the least confident, highest self-doubt, you know, it came from a broken household, parents had no money. I was scared to death. I had no clue, uh, you know, how to do anything. And, and, uh, and so I think sometimes the kids lose sight of, you know, the, what they see, the finished result wasn't where it started. So I want some people to come on and, and kind of talk to to them 17-year-old self and, and things that, you know, that, that uh, they wish they could have shared with them that, that now they can share with these kids. So that's this the is, big picture. Uh, this is incredible. I feel like, see, this is what I told you. When I slept, when I texted you last night and I said, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to have something to make sure we stay on or we can talk all day. This book <laughs> right here and the things that we're talking about um, – this is a big, this is, this could go, this could go so many different ways, right? Like yeah. there's so many things, um, like just talking about ourselves when we were 17. And, and I think the biggest thing, like in, in, in our life, my life specifically, all the, all the things that happened to me that I thought were bad at the time, every single thing, every decision in my life has led me to the next, to the next thing. Right. And everything has always been better. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a, I was, I was a high school basketball coach, football coach, teacher that was, went to college and was being, I was an assistant while I was in college. And that was all I knew in life was I want to coach, you know, I want to be a coach. Right. And did that for six years after, after college, wife was a teacher, um, weren't making a lot of money and yeah. we decided to go a different route. Here I am now, like I, what I would tell, what I would tell anybody is you don't, there's never one, it's not like you're making a decision and it sticks, right? You can, right. I'm still pivoting, right? I'm 30, 30 yeah. years old Same. and I have no idea what it's going to be like when I'm 35 and that's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a hundred percent. Okay. And I just, I don't know. There is so much when you, when you're reading those results of the, the answers that those kids are giving, yeah. it's, it's pretty alarming because yeah, whenever I was 17, I had self-doubt, but I also had people, I had coaches, I had teachers that mm -hmm. I didn't know, believe I, I knew that they believed in me. I knew that I had people that were in my corner and it kind of scares me a little bit because I don't feel like kids have that as much these days. Not that teachers or coaches are doing a bad job. Not there's something that's disconnected though, from kids and, and, and their role models and the people that are in authority, authority positions. And like, I don't know if you see that or you, if you have yeah. the same feeling on that, but it's not, it's not the same as it was. And I don't know why. I don't know where where it's changing. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, my personal thought on that is we're just so focused on numbers and metrics. And, you know, everything is so much to the test, to the game plan, to the, you know, everything has to like fit in this little box. Uh, and you and I both know that nothing in the real world fits in a box, right? <laughs> and, and And actually all of the great ideas, all of the innovators, they don't, they don't want anything to do with the box. They're so far outside of it. Right. And the, and the first, you know, F word, the first section is failure, right. Obviously intentionally, because, you know, kids are so scared to be wrong. They're so scared to lose. They're so scared to fail that they don't try anything. Right. And, and so really the, the goal of this tribe that we're putting together is to, to help be that voice, to, to encourage them to reframe failure, right? Take chances as long as you're you're failing forward, right? Learning from it, and and again, this goes right back to the agencies. What we do every day, we, you know, you're gonna lose more than you win, and in fact, winning's easy. Winning's the easiest thing that we can do. You you find out someone's character and and what they're made of through defeat, through struggles, um, you know, and how they pivot and how they respond. And and one thing that we talk about a lot. And it's early in the book is E plus R equals O event plus response equals outcome. And you have no control over the event. Things that happen to you today, right? That, that event, they're going to happen good or bad, right or wrong. 
but you can't control it. All you can control is the R, right? Your response to that event and your response to that event will determine the outcome. So we, we talk a lot about just this three second pause process of what's happening. Okay. And then really think about what your response is going to be uh, because it's all of the responses that we make, which determine the outcomes and set the trajectory for us. It's incredible, man. No, it's good stuff. Let me ask you this. Are you, uh, are you trying to get this in the hands of the schools at all? Like are, are you, is there yeah. going to be a push to get this in? Yeah, it, it, it will be met with resistance, um, <laughs> obviously, but, um, you know, so the goal right now, initially out of the gate is, is we're leveraging relationships with uh, business owners and we're asking local business owners to basically sponsor uh, a graduating class. So if there's 150 kids, uh, we're doing some friends and family pricing actually for the first month, uh, I think we're pricing it at 897, which is like a break even point with with printing and shipping. Um, so for nine bucks, you know, let's say there's a hundred kids for simple math, you know, so for a $900, you know, uh, business write off, right. You're, you're able to get the book into the hands of, of every graduating kid in your town, um, won't be sponsored by the school. It won't be, you know, it's totally separate. Now we can coordinate delivery, you know, through the school, but, uh, but that's the initial goal. Uh, there's in my, like 30 mile radius, there's 28 different high schools that have about 3000 kids. So we're, we're trying to get uh, about 30 business sponsors to take 100 kids each or just, you know, more if they want, if they want the whole class, if they can do it. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, just trying to start there. And then obviously, um, we can leverage uh, relationships we have with insurance agents too, because what a great opportunity as an agency owner to identify families who care enough to spend, you know, 10 bucks on their, or spend a little time with the kid, right? So if you, if you know that you've got a, a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, um, you know, someone you insure, you can give that as a gift, right? To, to the family. Um, and then what's our best demographic? Well, it's people who have 16, 17, 18 year old kids, right? They usually have decent jobs. They've got multiple cars. They, they're having the conversation around life insurance. And then who's our next generation? It's the kids. You know, I can't tell you how many kids that I've done, uh, you know, find it, you know, career days and driver safety events. And you know, I'm always active with the schools. And uh, now these are my 30 year old customers, right, that yeah. I've met in high school. So, so really going to ask a lot of my insurance agent friends too to consider, you know, having 10 or so, uh, you know, at the agency. And when you run into a, a kid or a family that has, you know, a kid that age, give it as a gift, you know, and encourage them to to start that conversation. Yeah, I love it. Love it. One of the questions uh, that I had, and it, it, it's, you kind of already answered it. One of the questions was, you know, obviously being in business and, and all the things that you're doing from you know, coaching adults and agents now, you are kind of shifted gears and now you're really trying to touch the next generation, which is incredible. Um, it was really like, what other business ideas or ventures are you on? Are you, in, are you doing anything else besides the book? Or is there anything that you're shifting, yeah, shifting so, gears with professional? You know, one thing I, I like to challenge kids with, uh, because, you know, they, they, and this was me early, right? And a lot of adults today, we we trade time for money, right? And so whatever career path they're looking at, um, they just have to understand that most of the time when they get a job, they're trading time for X number of dollars for those hours. And so I tell kids that I work with that, you know, the last thing I want to do is trade my time for money. I never want to have a job that requires me to be there <laughs> to get paid. And that sounds kind of funny, right? But, but you know, right? So that's the idea of the insurance. So we, we're opening the second agency in July. Uh, so we'll have two insurance agencies. And if the right people, systems, processes are in place, yes, there's oversight on my end. And I'm, I'm strategic and intentional with how I communicate with my team. But, you know, right now, obviously, while we've been recording this for the past 45 minutes or so, somebody made a payment to my insurance agency and I got, I got paid. Um, you know, somebody watch one of our training videos or or made their payment for the monthly membership on the consulting side and I got paid. Somebody grabbed a book on Amazon and I got paid. And I'm just hanging out with you, man. Like having an awesome conversation and hopefully delivering some value and and doing what I really love to do. 
and I'm getting paid multiple different ways. Uh, and then the last piece is, is real estate. So, you know, we're, I start my, so I got Tyler, Connor and Jenner, my kids. So we started Tycon Gen Properties. Uh, we've got nine different uh, properties that are in the portfolio that, um, you know, someone paid their rent, right? And and yeah. I got paid or or I paid a mortgage and built a little equity. So, you know, it, it, um everything is to leverage time that I do. Um, and that's why I love doing stuff like this because it's recorded. Um, so if there's a piece of this, like a, a three minute snippet that now I can take and repurpose somewhere else, like it lives forever. That's why I love writing. You know, it, it lives forever. And so, you know, I would just challenge everyone to to think about time versus money. Huge eye opener for me, right? Somewhere in the world right now, there's a 90 year old man or woman on their deathbed who's worth over $10 million, right? And you mentioned you're 32 years old, right? And And so would that person trade every penny of their 10 million to be you right now? a 32 year old. And even to take that a step further, like you've got some money. So to take a step further, I look at my 17 year old son who's about to graduate high school. He's broke as a joke, right? He's always asking me for money. So, you know, would that person trade their $10 million to be a 17 year old, just about to graduate with no money, no assets? Absolutely. So why do we make all these decisions and work the way we do to get money? And then we get to the end of our life and we would trade every penny of it to get back time. So not to go too deep there, but to, to reframe the mindset around that time money relationship, how can you, yes, make money, but do it while preserving your time and the work that you do is truly what you're passionate about. And once you answer <clears throat> that, you know, then all the other stuff becomes easy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Dude, this has been an incredible conversation. I, Scott, I can honestly talk to you all day long. Like I want to fly out to Buffalo and just yeah, I'm not in Buffalo. Sure. Everyone thinks I'm in Buffalo. I'm I'm a Bills fan, right? Which is a, a you talk about failure, right? Life of misery, <laughs> like you know, it, it's like that's probably why I'm as resilient as I am. Honestly, if if the Bills gave me anything, it's resiliency, um, and and how to work through defeat, crushing defeat, soul, you know, uh, soul crushing defeat. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel you there, man. But I, I am. I'm about three hours from Buffalo. We're right smack dab in the middle of, of New York state. So I'm about three hours to the, to the uh, East of Buffalo, but. Okay. Well, yeah, man, like this is, yeah, this has been an incredible conversation. Um, honestly, I want to do it again. We need to pick it up because there's so much more to what you're talking about. Um, there's been so many points. I can't wait to just rewatch it. And yeah. Well, anything you want to dive deeper into, you know, one specific area of focus. And, and then once we get our podcast up and rolling, I'd love uh, to have you guys on as well to to kind of share some insight and, and talk to your 17 year old self. Yeah, man, it's, it's uh, just a lot of good stuff. And I think the crazy part, too, is one of the things when you're saying about time this is the last thing I'll, I'll touch on. So when you're talking about the time money relationship. I think the and and this is just me. The the older I get, right, the, the the faster my kids grow. Enjoying the time that you have, right? Like, yes, mm -hmm. the money, the money, and and all that money makes things better, right? We can we can travel, we can have nicer yeah. things, right? I get it. Like, no no matter what, like having money, it it, it does matter, right? It matters a little bit, sure, sure. but I'm I. The happiest that I am at any point in my life right now is when I am just in my driveway with my two kids and my wife and we, and it's, you know, 65 degrees and we're shooting baskets mm -hmm. and we've got music on the speaker and it's just enjoying that time, right? It's enjoying that, that moment, that piece of, of what we've got going on. And I think when people can operate and do the things that you're talking about, right, where they do have a a business where they have things that are are paying them when they're not spending their time there that allows you to have more of those moments right it allows yeah. you to have more of those of those times whenever you are just focused on hey here's what i've got in front of me right now and i think so much of what we're trained in high school when we're talking about what kids are learning in high school they're not learning about time and money they're not learning about that trade-off they're learning about hey i need to go to college i need to go 
get a job. I need to go get behind a desk and I need to build a career. And then I need to yep. get married, have a family, buy a house, all those things. Like those are the things that yeah. we learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know, just to just that you're shifting gears and you're providing something for not only those those kids that are getting ready to graduate, but even even 32 year old, you know, <laughs> with, with six and a four year old, right? Like there's yeah. still so much that we can change in our lives and the way that we operate and the, the things. That yeah. I think so, that's the big thing is the conversations you're having. Um, and, and I think we, we put this as like, it's this big to do, like we have to sit down and have this big conversation. No, you know, the little things, like instead of asking your kids, what'd you do in school today? Or, you know, what was awesome about today? Like ask them what the struggle was, right? Hey, what, what, what happened today that you wish didn't happen? Or, or what, what did you have a hard time with? Right. Because again, like instead of the the token, yeah, today was good. Everything, everything's good. Everything's great. Right. But it's not like something happened in there. And so if you, the, the, again, corporate world, world lesson, right. My, my team, I don't care about what you sold. I care about the one you didn't. Right. And why, and how can we get better for next time? So I don't care about all those things that went great in my kid's day. Right. I want to know, Hey, well, what was something that didn't, and it could be just a little thing to, to have a conversation. So little moments like that. The other thing too, not to go too deep here, but what I would challenge you with with the young ones is uh, put them out there to fail. And I know that sounds cold, and we all want to protect the the kids, right? We want to we don't want to get their feelings hurt. We, but rejection is a muscle, and the less fear you have to ask somebody, right? One thing we talk about is it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you are interested in being a teacher, then ask a teacher to like have a conversation or spend a little time, you know, with them to figure out the ins and outs of their day. Um, because you're going to learn more from them in that 15 minute conversation than you are your first year of, of college. Right. And, and if you want to own an insurance agency, you know, call Dustin and, and say, Hey, can I buy you lunch or can I buy you a coffee? Right. I, I'd love to know, like, just how do you start this thing? You're going to learn more from Dustin in that 30 minute conversation than you are your freshman year of an MBA course, right? And, and so the more kids get out there, and I'm talking little things, right? So so if you're gonna order a pizza, have them make the phone call, right? Six might be a little too young, but you know, have them make the phone call to order the pizza. And then like when we get there, we have them go in and pick it up and pay for it. It's forcing them to communicate with others. And I know that sounds like really <laughs> elementary, but that's where we're at. How many times have you had someone come in for an interview and they can't even have a conversation with you. And these are 20 something year old kids who have yeah. college degrees, right? So the more, when they're younger, the more we can put them out there to do adult stuff with you in arm's length, obviously, just the better it's gonna be for them and let them fail, let them struggle. And then, but then just circle back around and have that conversation, you know, where you can kind of coach them up. So uh, that would be my five cent advice for, for you guys as your little ones get older. Oh, that's awesome. We, we, uh, we had the district basketball tournament here all last week at our, at our high school. It was here and my six-year-old, he's ate up with basketball. So we were at every, every game, every night. And, you know, the first night he, you know, he always wants popcorn. He wants to concession stand popcorn every game, you know, and the second night I made him go up and, and do that. So it goes right yep. in line with what you're talking about. And the first yeah. night he was like, come with me. You know, I don't want to, no, dude, here's, here's two bucks. Go. By the fourth day, he was like, he's like, I'm gonna go get Gatorade popcorn and some candy, right? Like, and he's up there ordering all of it, right? So yeah, yeah that's and it was it was fun watching him do it because the first yeah. time he did it, he was so nervous. You know, I'm walking up, I'm waiting in line by myself, I'm standing over to the side, and he's standing in line with all the big people, you know. Here he is, yeah. this little bitty short thing. And um, to watch that growth, you're exactly right. Just having them do that, that one yeah. little thing and it time it didn't really seem and you're in a unique position too and i would encourage you through you know as the years go on to have the kids sit in on appointments um at some point have the kids make some phone calls you know yeah. have them be a part of it. It, it we we get in our heads like ah oh, you know they're they're not ready or they're too young or they're no like you know the kids are observing they're they're watching they're learning more than we realize everything we do like we're modeling all behavior, good or bad, right? But they're watching it all. Um, and, and so the mindset piece is just so huge. If, if they believe that 
they are everything that isn't on this list, right? Because they've sat through appointments, they've made calls, they've waited in line for, th- you know, then they're going to act differently in their own career path because they're confident, you know, and, and it's easier to build that habit, that foundation, than try to change it in your 30s, 40s, 50s. No doubt. Oh, man, good stuff. Well, Scott, yeah, brother. We're at our hour mark. All right. Man, I could keep talking to you all day long. Um, thank you for being on. Like, this has yeah, been, been phenomenal. The book, uh, we're going to, is there a link too that we can, when we post yeah, this? I can, I can get you a link for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, if you, if you put in essential F words book on Amazon, it will pop up. Uh, right. Like it's, it's behind me, it's got a brick wall and kind of a sky. And, uh, but yeah, and for the first month, so right through the middle of April, we're we're running it for for cost. Yeah, so it's eight ninety seven a copy. Uh, so it would help me a ton. It would help the algorithms. I think we talked about Google reviews earlier. You opened up the show with a Google review. Yeah. Like if, if you do buy it, if you circle back around and do a five star uh, Amazon review, that helps the algorithm and it helps to get it in front of more kids, which is the mission. So would truly appreciate that. Gotcha, man. Well, hey, we'll do that. I'm going to get it for sure. Um, and we'll push it as much as we can. I'm excited to read it. Um, you're doing a lot of really good things, man. I, I just appreciate you being on. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, we'll, let's connect again. And and we can keep this conversation going. Like I you're said, on a short so list of people it. that I feel like I've known that I've never met. So yeah. at some point, we got to meet. <laughs> yeah, I know. No doubt. No doubt. And maybe... I know, I know the window feels like it might be closing a little bit, but hopefully uh, maybe it's an AFC title game, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's end on a high note for me. <laughs> I know note. you're on a high note right now. but let's... <laughs> No, man, for real, though. Scott, appreciate it. Um, we'll talk soon, man. And everybody, right. Scott Greats, um, whenever this airs, his book will be, will be out, The Essential F-Words for Teens, 117 Things You Need to Know Before Graduation. Um, and hopefully if you watch this conversation, you can see the impact that he's making on not just adults and and people in his community, but now teenagers, hopefully across the country. So um, thanks again, Scott. I appreciate you, man. Cheers. All right, guys.